welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. With me this week to discuss one Hounds game in the book, two Hounds games coming up in the fourth one week, and only some holy shit, how big of a fucking big news day has today been? Type of news day. It's Yak. What's good, Yak? Yosty. It's been a while. Yeah, oh, it has been a while. What's been, what's been keeping you away from from all of us here? Oh, some some personal affairs uh, were getting in order, and now they're very much in order. Um, but I got to keep it at that, I suppose. Yeah, you don't have to give uh, give give it all away like that. I'm not going to give uh, my heart away to the fine people of the Houndsy audience, unfortunately. At least not that easily. So you're uh, you're a little bit on the men this week, you said. Yeah, I don't know what's been up this week. Um, stayed home from work for most of the days so far. Um, I'm rocking a, a tea with a fat amount of honey in it, and it's been keeping me calm and on the mend. I suppose we're improving. Have you been doing the soup thing? Are you a soup guy when you're sick? Well, that's a good idea. I have not been. Maybe okay. that should be post pod dinner here. A little bit of soup. Soup's good. Bam chowder, chicken noodle, I don't know. Chicken noodle. It's kind of always the, the sick standby. It is the go-to. Yeah. So the Hounds this past week, they played a game in Indianapolis. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, either live or on replay. But final score was Pittsburgh 1, Indianapolis 11. 1. They didn't score 11 goals. Their name's 11. They scored one goal. It came kind of late in the game after the Hounds were up up that goal, and and so that will be the first time this season the Hounds have dropped points from a leading position. Not not thrilled about that. Yak, what were your your kind of overarching high level thoughts on this game? Uh, as I was watching the time tick by, because I was not watching it live, but I was keeping an eye on on a phone app um, at the local brewery. I was really hopeful. It's it's always excellent to get a result in Indy. We don't have the greatest of records since they've joined the league, but man, we're only 10 minutes away from a nice clean shutout and what's probably just an unlucky bounce squeaks into the one guy who knows how to quickly deal with a situation like the Hounds gave away. That's frustrating to finally be on the, on the wrong end of a defensive lapse and giving up points late this year. It kind of sucks. It does kind of suck. Uh, We'll get into the goal here in, in a moment, but let's start with the lineup. Weight in net, as you'd expect. Um, Dos Santos, Joe Farrell, Ordonez, uh, Biasi as your back line. Langston Blackstock, who was your right back before, is now up in the midfield on the left side, if I remember correctly. Your mm-hmm. captain, Canadian Forbes, Mark Ibera, Robbie Mertz, and your dual threats up top, Kizza and Chico. Uh, kind of what I alluded to before, the uh, what is going on with, with Langston Blackstock? Is he just getting a look all up and down the pitch and see what works for him? Or is he becoming the utility guy that's just going to fill in where a hole is needed? I have no idea what to make of him yet. It, it, he's His, his minutes aren't... Uh, they're, they're sometimes few and far between, and positionally, Bob's kind of sticking him wherever. He might be like our Mike Green or whatever to really throw it back. A, a guy who just can play wherever is needed, but isn't particularly great at that particular spot. 
I mean, throughout the course of the game, I wasn't thrilled by his play. It wasn't bad, but he didn't, you know, jump off the page at me. The only other mark I want to say about the lineup is I'm slowly warming up to the idea of Luke Biasi being our starting right back. I think he's grown a decent amount over the past uh, offseason since his rookie year. Kind of liking him back there. Gr- grown both both in skill set and, and body shape. Oh, have you been noticing he's doing a little little working out? He's he's couple extra push on the strength and conditioning program. Yeah, I mean, he's not even just a kid; he was like twenty years old. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's no, good. As, it's amazing when you have when you have a guy and you you, you can see him for a couple of years, and there's evolution there. You have a professional trainer and stuff. You go from that a, helps. from a college thing to a professional thing. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, for Indy, the one spot I do want point out is their left back uh, Robbie Dambrot former hound infamously or famously uh, let's start with that uh, would you take him back right now yeah uh, yeah. I don't right. know where I'd put him but he, he was a menace he played he played so well I, I heard his name several times doing Various Robbie Dambrot things. He he pushes up a lot. He's he's really good. I, he's he's very fluid back there on the back line. He's he's definitely a, a weapon for Indy. Yeah, it's, I I mean anyone who's been listening to this uh, this dumb little podcast for the past year knows how annoyed I am with uh, Dambrot walking and walking for nothing. On top of that, uh, just feels feels like an unforced error. Yeah, the, the confusion about him leaving is one thing. Lily feels he doesn't have a spot for Damrod, fine. But not getting any money from him from a, from one of your local rivals, that's super annoying. Correct. Uh, Hounds had one in Indy the past two years. They don't pull it off this week or this past week, this year, or this season, however you want to look at it. Stats maybe not telling the whole story with Indy having the ball two-thirds of the time, more shots, uh, more passing, especially through the midfield. Uh, is this a game where if, 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 if you look at just the stat sheet and then you watch the game, you get two different stories of how this game played out? A little bit. They, they mentioned on the any broadcast that they are far and away the league leaders in possession right now, but they only, I believe the goal they scored against the house is only like their third goal from the run of play. They're having lots of issues. They're just a slow team that likes to hold the ball, but you can see there's some discrepancies. Like they, they passed it almost at a two to one rate towards us, but we had more long balls than them which normally is probably a bad thing, but that was definitely part of the game plan was trying to go like those diagonal balls from the defensive line all the way over the top. That's how, that's how Dequa got free and scored. And he almost got another one that way. Um, another stat that jumped off the page. And I wonder if you would caught this, Yos, considering how much you gripe on it. The crosses were 27 to five. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'll just I'll just say with yeah, you know we we can see a noticed. lot of possession. 
we conceded a lot of possession, but it's not like Indy got a ton of chances. They only had seven shots. Like they they slowly as the game went along probably had more and more dangerous threats, but but more and more is, is a is a kind of a relative term. It really they were kind of put in a box for most of the game, I thought. I think the defense did extremely well despite giving them all the possession that Indy had. No, it, it it stretches throughout this game and so far in the season. There's you, you see the Hounds willing to willing to give them the ball and play a little bit. We're going to play a little counter ball type uh, counter attack stuff. Um, again, if if you look at the goals that, that the Hounds have scored that have not been not been corner kick set piece goals, a lot of it has been route one over the top get it to some one type of stuff despite a ton of crosses mostly uh going to, to no one um and that takes us into the dequa goal one I, i'm thrilled um albert is scoring and scoring at a consistent uh high clip uh, is any concern that uh, this is becoming you know we're going to score goals in very simplistic fashion and that's that's the only way we're really going to do it on a consistent basis or if it you know is this a thing of if we can just kind of hoof it up over the middle and get them in on, on the end of it then that's that's good enough i mean where are you where are you following that now now that we're eight games into the the league i'm, I'm really not concerned about like unclean goals i think in this particular game Something about um, what, what, watching, reviewing the game footage of Indy's past games, something about whatever their defense was doing, Lily liked and definitely was trying to exploit those diagonal balls. Because I think that was a relatively unique thing of this particular game that, they, that that was how they were going to try to generate their attack primarily. Um, the other thing, and this this is a credit to Indy, um, every game I'm watching, I feel like almost every single one of our free kicks or corner kicks that's coming off the foot of Robbie Mertz has been in a dangerous spot. Like he's placing them extremely well now that he seems to be mostly the primary kick taker this year. We had zero corners, and I don't remember a ton of deep free kicks either. Um, so Indy, to their credit, wasn't fouling a lot that deep into the uh, final third and giving us those extra looks that we tend to feast, that we're tending to uh, give us a little help in terms of dangerous attack abilities. So I, I think I'm not, I, I'm not concerned with the offense too much. I, I don't think aside from it's, it's only been Dequa who's has all the goals and I would like Kiza or Mertz or, or, or Forbes or, Somebody else to step up and bag one here soon. How about Tola? How about Tola? That's a good choice. Yeah. At what point does nice looks that don't result in the goals, at what point does this become more than just a, a phase? That inflection point's got to be very soon, I think. Um, he did have the nice curl at the end of the game. I think it was in like the. I don't have it in my notes. Maybe the 85th minute yeah, or something. Yeah, it, it was after it was, it was one, a little one. wide. Yeah. 
Well, he didn't come on until after it was tied, right? Or is that, uh, or is that failing? That was failing. Yeah. Yeah, Tola came on. In I 67th. thought it was failing. It came in at eighty seventh. I had, I had written down. I thought I thought Mertz was one of our better players yet again. He was a menace in the midfield and was finding space and was getting out of tight jams and was doing lots of good things. Early on, right after the goal for the Hounds, there's a three-on-two breakaway. Kiza comes in on the left, and he finds Mertz really cleanly on the right side on this, like, three-on-two counter. And Mertz's shot had, like, no power on it. Um, considering how nicely the ball settled for him, I was really disappointed to have seen how weakly that ball came across and was easily parried away when it probably should have been 2 nothing right then and there. No, it's a good point. I, I hadn't thought about kind of in the in those terms, but kind of now with how you're looking at it, yeah, I gotta agree with that. Um, but that is that's kind of on the the run of some some missed chances that the, the Hounds have too many of. If that makes any like. Going back to some of the, the Tola misses that have been anywhere between poor, virgin, and inexcusable, then you sprinkle a couple more throughout the team. Is maybe the concerns about the offense aren't there because the the, the chances are, are there; they're just not being converted. And I, I mean, I know that gets into the the famous soccer nerd debate of is finishing a skill or not. But if if you assume it's not a skill and those will eventually turn around, then then there isn't much to worry about the offense, or am I trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive? We're we're getting uh, deep enough to the season where there's enough of there's almost enough of a sample size to start talking about that jazz. And typically, the Hounds finish near the top of the league in that conversion rate, that finishing ability. Right now, as I'm staring at the league leader list they're kind of below average um which is which is when they play when they're when they're so it would appear so defensive first this year and the amount of chances they get are not entirely numerous they got to be a little bit more opportunistic and there's been some excellent chances over the course of the season that in an aggregate is really frustrating that they're not going in it's it's i would we could talk about the nerd debate and that like the hounds are not finishing well right now. So it out let's throw it out there. Is finishing a skill? Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay. I the more I think I I lean on the finishing as a skill. The stats part of me hates that argument, but it probably is. It's it's gonna become a there's gonna be a fun Second part of this argument when we're done talking about the indie game and we're talking about the next game in the future. Okay. Well, let's um, to get to that. We first need to talk about the the goal against uh, trying to close out this game. Final ten minutes. Uh, Hounds don't deal with a ball into the box very well. Uh, I th- people are trying to put this on Jamali. I think a little too much. The punch out wasn't great. It was it was very flat instead of up and out or even diagonally, you know, into a corner. It was a little too flat, which allowed uh, for the 
I guess chip is maybe the the best way of describing what that was. But uh, it, it's a flat punch out to the top of the box. Jack Blake is there for for yeah a chip up over Jamali and a lot of defenders. It's kind of on a on a delayed late run that he throws in there, which is why I want to kind of spread out the blame from a couple defenders not picking up the late run into the top of the box. Uh, I guess my concern now is, and this is not a, a weight concern, it's kind of a mindset of all of us concern. Jamali had a bad air in El Paso, and then this, that it, it's... Sounds like it's getting laid mostly at his feet. I feel unfairly. It, it, do we have any? Ch- do you see a pattern emerging here in terms of uh, Jamali weight uh, errors, or is a, a bit of bad luck slash the defense not uh, marking out the man coming into the box? It's it's super unfortunate that these happened in back to back games because we've normally been very fond of him. He's played for Jamaica against Mexico just a couple weeks ago. Um, to say one's an accident, two's a coincidence, and three is a trend. And you know, it dropped it dropped points this weekend. It it uh, just about closed out the game two weeks ago against El Paso. The, these goals are coming um, at rough times. We're not they're not being hidden by wins, unfortunately. Um, so. I don't know. I Lily Lily tried really hard in, in his post game quote to take the blame off of Wade. I think he should have been able to to punch it off of the ground more. It's a little uh, it is a little unlucky because Jack Blake like one timed it off that short volley thing, and it was off. It was on his off foot. He just kind of had the wherewithal to just get it anywhere on goal because he knew no one was back there, and it it, it fell nicely in that way. I. I'm I'm a little concerned. Two two is a coincidence, and I, I I really hope he gets off this little snide here because, um, defense is in general playing well, and it's a it's a tough way to give up a goal, and we don't want to start leaking these ugly ones. All right, fair enough. Yeah, maybe sounds like maybe you're a little more concerned about it than I am. I'm. It's not to say I'm not concerned at all, but I mean, misjudging that that bounce in El Paso was bad, but not something you would say as as a repeatable type of flaw that you have to worry about uh i guess maybe if anything that's my concern would be more on on his on jamali just keeping keeping the head clear and not letting these compound mentally on him my, my first instance when my first instinct when i saw was i thought it was a bad decision i thought he should have caught the ball and then, and then, as I'm looking at the replay, I'm thinking that's that's a really tough catch to that's make. That's a tough it's, catch, and there's a good chance it squirts out if when he hits the deck. Yeah, when he lands, the ball the ball is probably gone. So, but I, I think he could have done a better job punching it. I I, I do. Yeah, I think punch was I the right sit call. Here in my armchair. Not yet. <laughs> exactly. All of our combined zero uh, goalkeeping minutes in any level, I imagine. Do you ever have you ever played in that in anything that might be remotely considered competitive? Um. Last time was in like eighth or ninth grade. It was my favorite position, but I didn't play it in high school. Okay, so with our combined zero minutes of meaningful competitive soccer action. Correct. Okay, fair enough. 
So that ends 1-1. We will have to wait till next week, I'm assuming, to get the the Ariana recap and review of uh, the Mike Carroll stadium experience. Very interested, interested to hear what her thoughts on that place was. Uh, it was good to yeah, see I'm a lot of so- the players came out over to the, what was it, about six, eight people that made the way out there. So I, yeah. I, I like I like seeing that. Appreciate that them uh, them doing that after a late goal against never never a good time to have that conversation. But and it sounds like Bob walked over to him as well. Bob's Bob's a big fan of Ariana. If he if he's if he saw her in the crowd, he's definitely going over and cheesing it up for her. Nah, okay, fair enough. I I wanted to I wanted to think because um, you and I went to Indy a couple years ago when they played at the Indianapolis Colts at stadium the old Lucas and we were, oil and we were bitching so hard about all the various things that that place causes primarily the, all the extra paint on the turf. And I'm wondering why, why don't they like this, this place, this IUPUI place? Cause it's much, it's much more intimate. I don't have football lines. And I saw the pick that one of the people of us took, and because the track surrounds the field, like it's you're kind of far away. Yeah, you're. It's it, a little distant. It's a really, it's a really rough angle. Once once the stands do start, it's 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 much more noticeable than I would have thought. No, because you don't TV. you don't really notice it when you're watching on on TV how much that track builds distance in from from the field. Yeah, but it is noticeable. But I mean, I yeah, it sounds like a place. It's kind of a dump, but everyone in Indy, it's their dump, so you can't speak ill of it even though they love to speak ill of it but you know how it is sometimes it do be like that yeah sometimes it'd be like that uh, yeah kind of a slow news week i don't know if there's anything to, to really discuss you got anything there's nothing on my mind at all okay no what news at all uh wait 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 yeah there's might be a note here oh fuck danny griffin's back Danny Griffin! Holy shit. Uh, Danny Griffin announced a couple hours ago transfers in from uh, Huntsville City FC of MLS Next Pro, which was that's uh, Nashville's two team for the for the uh, the people that don't keep up with your faux third division league news, team news. Uh, Danny Griffin from Huntsville. The Huntsville's had five games so far this year, all on the road. He's featured in all five of them. Uh, four starts, one off the bench. Uh, 523 minutes, something along those lines in terms of minutes played. He does have one goal. Uh, and he is signed with the Hounds now through 2025. Unheard of. Unheard of. That is two, basically two and three quarters seasons. That man is under uh, contract to the Hounds. Uh, let's start with this, the the good the good vibes here. Uh, news broke at four o'clock. What was your first thoughts? I was a little shocked because it just it just didn't make sense how this formulated, and maybe we'll get to that. But like. My other thought is this is this is excellent. Our our midfield could kick so much ass now, and that that triumvirate between him, Mertz, and Forbes is there's just so much experience between those three, and they're just going to whoop so many teams. And I, I think 
they're gonna they're gonna like lock and load it. We're gonna be awesome in in the middle of the, in the field again. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the dichotomy dichotomy of the indie game where we didn't do a lot through the midfield, and now all of a sudden you bring uh, this guy back into the fold. It it feels like this could be a a massive change to how the Hounds try to soccer, for lack of a better phrase, in 2023. It's just a, a nice engine uh, maestro in the midfield to help, again, that three-way... I don't know. I can't think of a good word right now. But at, at what you got to there with, with Forbes, Ed Mertz, and now Griffin uh, locking it back down in the midfield. It it was too early in the year to start talking about you know what pieces could the Hounds use. But, I mean, if, if you had a wish list, it'd be hard to do better than, you know, what the Hounds turned from a wish into a reality. At least I can't yeah, think of much better. This is this would absolutely be a wish that I would burn to use would be to bring Danny Griffin back. The question is now, I I imagine he could start on Friday. Now the question is, whose spot does he take? Yes, you you led me to the next question. What? Assuming he maybe he doesn't pop in on Friday, maybe a little too soon. Um, and let's skip the Open Cup game. Or because there might be rotation for rotation's sake there uh-huh. anyways. Uh, let's take it to the week past that when they come back to, to play uh, against Birmingham at Highmark Stadium about 10 days from now. Uh, you know Where does Danny Griffin slot into that starting 11? And who's, who, who, who on the Hounds uh, player personnel was not thrilled about today's announcement? <laughs> My... My my first instinct, I think it's going to be Blackstock. I actually probably want it to be Marky Barra, but I think I think Lily is a bigger fan of his play than I am so far. So I think Barra is going to win that little lottery because this. I mean, you're not the other alternative is to like push someone up higher and take off Kiza because he's not doing a ton so far on offense. But I don't know who would fit back there. So my money's on Langs and Blackstock would be getting the short arm here for now this complicates things if the injury report gets uh lighter anytime soon yeah and well i mean we can get that may a little bit now it's it sounds like tola is 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 back sooner than a lot of us thought and so you not tola or i'm sorry um junior 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 uh if he comes back in a little little sooner than expected that there becomes a, a lot of interesting pieces for Bob to play with in the midfield. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of dudes. Because I, I loved watching Eto. He was he was one of my favorite players to start the year before he broke his arm or whatever he did. Um, that that's gonna be an interesting juggling piece. I I wanted to ask I Danny Griffin coming from Huntsville City now. I understood last year Robbie Mertz comes over he was with Atlanta for a year and a half and wasn't imminently making the cut for the big team. I get it. Griffin was with Huntsville for five games. Five and games. And somehow gets the poop. 
it's not like he's playing poorly. You know, I'm looking at some of his stats. They're perfectly fine. They're perfectly Danny Griffin-esque. What the hell does it mean that they're done with him already? I, or did he ask me to, to get out? Was the situation so bad? Because this is what he wanted. Because, like, he wants an MLS look. I, is, is the league in such shambles? I, I would... I, <laughs> If I had one question for for Danny Griffin right now, it 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 would not be anything about Pittsburgh. It would it, my question would be why out of Huntsville what, after what five games? I, That's just so weird. It is very weird. Us, just but weird. Is though. it? I mean, is it any? Like I said, his his girlfriend is still back here, but you can't imagine. After five games, you decide, nah, I, I won't be back in, back up to Pittsburgh because of, of of that. I couldn't imagine that would be it. Yeah, you kind of give up on the dream after five games. I mean, someone I had heard a, a rumor. Let's just we'll call it a rumor that he was having training minutes with Nashville's first team. So you're thinking he's at least kind of on their radar as well. He's not there just uh-huh. to fill out the roster. On the two team, it is I, yeah it. That might end up being the the unanswered question of of the year, um, when the season's all said and done, of how that, that not just five games. The, he never played at home. They haven't had a, a home game yet. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. I, I have to assume it's he wanted out, not that Huntsville was already moving on from him after five games where he was already racking up a ton of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, but why? Was, was it a Huntsville thing? Was a was it a Pittsburgh thing? Was it some combination of a few things? He just got down there, didn't, didn't like it, didn't, you know, it wasn't for him, and it was time to get back to someplace a little more, uh, a little more familiar. Who knows? Uh, I mean, Danny Griffin knows, but maybe we'll never find out. Not to bring this down on, yeah, not to bring this on, like to make this a downer type thing, but no, this good in, thing. in any scenario, whatever the reason is, the man is signed with the Hounds through twenty twenty five. I twenty twenty five. We've never. We've never had a, a player have like a three-year contract. Essentially, not We've had two years. I the think last like person that I, off the top of my head, that I can remember clearly having a three-year contract was Chevy Walsh. <laughs> he had the, the two-plus-one situation, right? I can't remember. No, I think he, I think he was signed wow. for three, and then. And then Bob wanted nothing to do with them when Bob came in in 2018, and they basically just just they paid out his contract for him to to go, to not be Damn. there anymore. Which is not maybe the best uh, harbinger for the, the third year of Danny Griffin's. Yeah, we we know we got uh, Chevy was a rookie. He had Chevy on the back of his shirt, which I loved. Just for him. Good for him. And now he's playing. Oh, he's playing. I saw a highlight from Chevy Walsh somewhere. He's he's playing somewhere in one of the Asian nations, I think. But good for him. 
Didn't think we were getting Chevy Walsh to talk tonight here, but but uh, there it is. Uh, I, let's finish the the Danny Griffin talk on on this hopeful question. Uh-huh. How have your expe- expectations changed for this team from three p.m. today to now? Oh, that's oh, that's tough. I. Uh... I'm I'm more hopeful than before. That if that's not the most obvious answer on planet Earth, you know, I was I was worried. I, I didn't think coming into this year that we had all of the parts necessary to be in the title contenders. I thought we were we had taken a step back with the roster we had started the year with. Um, you know, maybe maybe Danny Griffin is was the piece missing to like make us look like an excellent top table team again. It, it, um, he, he's such a dynamic player back there. I, I think he relieves a lot of pressure from Forbes, who I don't know if he can do it all at his age anymore on the field. I this is this is such a like this is such a good situation. I think this is this is really good. This could really change the outcast of the team. I think. I mean, does this push? This push. Kenny a little more forward, push Mertz a little more forward, even though he's been kind of forward as it is. I, I'd I, say Kenny more because Mertz has already been up there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think him holding back there is probably going to send Forbes up or out more. I'm just uh, how this results in more goals is is just more more good looks coming across the box. I. I I'm curious to see how this how this actually translates to to better soccering. I think I have an idea, but we'll we'll find out. Uh, to answer the the question I posed, how this changes my expectations. I the the expectation thing for me is weird because, as you alluded to, I think all of us were kind of down, not necessarily down, but expectations have been suppressed a bit before the season started you have a just a bit muted you could say a bit muted yeah because um, it was just a strain of these nil nil preseason games against teams you think you're you should be clearly better than but then the season starts and there you get a draw in Birmingham you know in what was basically you know their their soccer bowl was the the play us to open the season you get you know you get it get out of there with a point uh, a ton of draws. You, you know, beat the piss out of uh, Memphis. Although everyone's kind of doing that now. Um, so that expectations improve a little bit. You go from not maybe having some doubts about being a top eight team to no, that was silly. We're clearly a playoff team. And now this pushes, you know. Home top four is now sounds a little bit better, even though you see some just crazy results uh, around the East so far that that kind of opens up this whole opens up the season, anyways. But you know, is top four un unrealistic? No, top four is definitely realistic now. I mean, we were. I mean, it, we're 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 close enough anyway, and I, I think. 
that that's that completing a piece completing a piece right there one of the things i couldn't find it and then i i managed to find it during a rant it was pittsburgh soccer's now um in the five road mat or now six road matches that we've had this year the hounds have never had 40 percent possession memphis tulsa colorado springs and el paso were all 40 or below and then indy was 33 or 37 or something like that like i know that's typically our style as a conceived possession but that's just so not sustainable to be good that might that's gonna be the first game changer for him right there so you think we're, we'll He's see so a, a straight so tick up in, in possession numbers with him yeah. out there? He's he's so good in the air on defense. He's 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 good with interceptions. He's he's patient passing the ball. He's he's got great vision. He's gonna he's he's gonna step up our game so much. He, we're not gonna depend upon the you know easy, not easy to do uh, one one opportunistic chance or whatever that that we could get to eke out a goal or two. My last thought as I'm, I'm just running through kind of permutations and how this then has a knock on effect to, to subs. I, I don't think this affects lasers minutes all that much. Cause I feel like his, his role is as the guy come off the bench for the, for the final 20 minutes. So I don't think that changes at all, but I mean, does that take? I'm sorry. What name did you say? Uh, uh, la- uh failing laser. Oh, failing. I, I think... heard laser. Yeah, laser. Have you not been on that conversation? Oh, did I miss something? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's his nickname now. He's laser. Cool. Yeah, and then um, uh, Svelte, uh, uh He's basically just gonna be riot from now on. Yeah, I really, I really like watching him play. Yeah, so I, so I think he should find too. I, I don't think his minutes change much. I there might be someone who goes from seeing some starting minutes to just not seeing minutes at all because they, because failing his role is, is already established and won't change mm-hmm. this. But I guess I guess to to be determined, and possibly we start determining that at Monterey Bay. This Friday, 10 p.m. How do you feel about a 10 p.m. kickoff on a Friday? You know, I, I love a little USL after dark with the best of a man. I, I'm, I would be getting silly, staying up till midnight, closing down a bar, and uh, demanding demanding my fellow drunkards at the local drinkery watching this random game out on the West Coast. I, I live for these 10 p.m. games, man. Nice. I'm a little upset. I have to be out the door up going up to Erie, it, it's gonna be something around eight thirty on Saturday morning. So I am going to keep it low key. Yeah. Uh, that makes me sad because I when this came out I had this one circled as a as a night to get a little a little silly, but probably will not will not be. But ten PM on the ESPN two hounds at Monterey Bay. <sighs> let's uh let's discuss your your Monterey Bay, uh, they are a three three and two so far on the season. Uh, results kind of all over the map. Uh, they beat the piss out of Hartford at home to start the season. Hartford are frauds though. 
they have a draw with with RGV, who the Hounds dispatched fairly easily. Uh, they drew RGV twice, actually. They've already played them twice. They played them twice. Yes, uh, they're coming off of uh, that second RGV game this past Saturday. Uh, they beat Indy at Indy three two a couple weeks back. A draw at Phoenix the week before that. So results a little bit all over the place. Uh, let's just get to the the guys you want to talk about. Three former Hounds on the the current Monterey team. Uh, one. Uh, let's order. What order? Let's let's start. We'll go back to front. Uh, Hugh Roberts. Everyone knows Hugh. Everyone everyone likes Hugh. Everyone everyone loves Hugh. Uh, the ageless wonder, wonder who, who, just when you think this is going to be his last season in the league, he finds another place to, to work and keeps having productive starting minutes on the whole. I believe he's wearing the armband for Monterey, or at least he's doing it uh, some of the time. Oh, he definitely should be. Yeah, I've, I've seen, him, seen him with it. I, I don't know enough to know if he's kind of the, the starter... Uh, you know the the captain at all times, or just maybe he's the guy who gets the band when someone else comes off. Uh, other former hound from a few years back, Christian Faleski, having a bit of a career resurgence in Monterey, and then Hugh Alexander Dixon, uh, guy who left the Hounds this past year was one of the guys we kind of winced a little bit when he decided to to move on, but it. Has so far been a been a good decision for him, shall we say? We uh, shall say. We yeah, sh- yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, dude's already on seven goals. <laughs> He's got six league goals on eight shots. Yeah, that's like not possible. It's ridiculous. He is. We always make the the comparison about guys who leave leave Bob Lilly and then we never hear from him again. They kind of wilter away. This dude's done the opposite. Done the complete opposite. First game of the year uh, on opening night, he got popped the first hat trick ever in, in uh, yeah. Ray's history. And Bolesky, to his credit, has five goals in total, including one against San Jose. When they managed to take down the earthquakes in the open cup. In the open cup uh, two weeks ago, week and a half ago. Week ago. At this point, week ago. What uh what are your your concerns, thoughts, uh, expectations for the hounds on Friday night? Uh well, we had alluded to earlier the the idea of finishing is it worth something is it real is it not what is it really anyway and monterey is currently breaking the system they are first in the league in goals 15 very nice they are last in the league in shots at 57 the league is averaging around a 13 percent conversion rate theirs is 33 that is incredibly unsustainably bullshit but they're hot. They're making everything right now. Um, I, they're they're not going to play sm- small ball like Indy. They're not going to play it slow. I think they have a very uh, similar style to the Hounds. They both um, 
are willing to concede possession. They both are willing to make long passes in lieu of um, accurate short passes. They're both both the teams are bottom five in the league in passing percentage. Um, so they're going to it's it's either going to be sloppy or completely straightforward and just just bombs away long balls, hoping to find a head up there. Um, both teams might do that. It could work. They've had game. They've had multiple games where there's six goals scored between the two teams, um, and they just got off a zero-zero performance with Rio Grande Valley last week, who's really not good, and they had an xG of less than half. Um, so there's a lot of there, there's a lot of goals and bunches or none at all on this team right now. Um, and it, it, the, the the funny part is, two of the loudest goal scorers are both former Hounds. Yeah, and I. Um, Oh, sorry, I finished up there. Yeah, sorry, go on. The only thing I want to mention, there's two more things I want to mention. They have three defenders that have played every minute of the game, of every game so far, Kai Green and Maury Doner, as well as Hugh Roberts. We haven't heard of the other two because they've spent like 10 years between the two of them in the USL, but only in the West Coast. So we might have literally never played them before. And they really don't have a goalie yet. One guy's played six games. One guy's played four games. None, neither of them have good results. Both of them are giving up lots of goals. Um, um, John USL stats says the one guy is probably below average. Another guy might suck. So, wait, what's you know, what's worse, below average or suck? You know, when when you have when you have two quarterbacks in NFL, you have You've got no none. quarterback. Yeah, I think you have two goalies here. They currently have no goalies. Gotcha. This could be some weird ass four to three game, which would be perfect for a ten o'clock. For a ten o'clock, my big concern is the Hounds have been have been so far bad when they travel two time zones over or more. It's hard. It's freaking hard. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no direct flight to Monterey from Pittsburgh. They gotta spend all day at an airport traveling. It's they're 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 playing until midnight in in their in their brains minds like. It, it's hard to travel in little leagues. You know what? Monterey has a fourth former round. Jason Johnson. Yeah. yeah, JJ. He hasn't gotten much time yet, but I did notice him. Yeah, I just was scanning the roster now. I, I, I think I knew last year he was on Monterey, and I, it skipped my mind. So that's four. Four former rounds. One, on. of, one of a few Pittsburgh Wests out there. Yeah, especially, yeah uh, California. The Hounds love going to California, apparently. I I, I think the West is deep. Like like the Western Conference in general is, is tough to gonna is is gonna be a tough place to get points off of on the road. So it's it's there, there's a there's a lot of crazy things happening over there. No, I we don't. This is not a prediction show. We don't do predictions. But four former Hounds, three of which are getting consistent minutes. Uh, the Hounds have not conceded a goal to a former Hound in well over a year. Does that survive Friday night? No. I would say no. If a former Hound scores, do they celebrate it? Um... Yeah, yeah, they're at, they're at home. They they absolutely are gonna celebrate. Okay. We we want me to do like genuflex towards the hounds, take a respectful bow. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big you fan. You were way too much into 
I'm a big fan of not celebrating. Yeah. Respectfulness, no. I feel like I'm one of the few people in that, but it's still a thing for me. <sighs> uh, do you, what are you, are you planning on doing uh, Bulldog Friday night? Um, that would be my hope, but it's up in the air. So don't count me in yet. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I gotta be out the door early Saturday morning. I don't know if I want to find a place out here on, in the West, the West Hill suburbs, uh, to do it. Maybe, maybe sneak over someone else's house. I don't know, but, uh, I almost certainly will not be a bulldog. It's a bit too much of a drive, um, for Friday night and me being a little bit older and a little bit wiser now. Are they on real TV or are they just on, uh, no, no, just, just the plus. Do you know any of the bars besides Bulldogs and Pipers that has that? Uh, that's actually a great. I didn't even think about that. Um, I know a place that has the that has a couple of places that have you know the smart TVs where I could probably just log into ESPN on my own account and make it happen. Uh huh. Um, but a place that 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 I know has it already, uh, maybe not. It's a good call. I did that. Ain't, that part I had not thought about yet. Let's have a little aside on this, since why the hell not? Now that we're a quarter of the season ish into the into this, um, how wise was it for the the Hounds to do this CW move where they have so few away games on TV? Because I didn't think much of it when when it first was announced, but now it's getting kind of annoying. Do you think that I say that as someone who has an ESPN think that's plus the best they got. I'm sorry, we talked over each other. I don't know what you said. I said, and I'm someone who even has an ESPN plus account. And I find it a bit a bit annoying. I, the the first thing I'm going to say is, do you think that was by design, or do you think that was the best the Hounds could do? And my other question is, or my other statement is, to me, it doesn't matter because I'm only basically watching on ESPN plus no matter what anyway. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't affect my watch unless of course something like this where I may, I want to go to a bar and watch it and that's not going to be possible. I think the hounds traded the number of games on TV in order to get a little more in bed with uh KDK slash the CW. I mean, I'm I'm seeing them around more often. They're definitely up in the advertisement game. So, you know, if that's the trade-off, that's fine by me. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to opine on this because it does not make a difference to me. If as long as it's on ESPN Plus, that's how I'm watching it. It unfortunately doesn't matter to me. I don't pay attention as to what games are on CW or not. Yeah, I'm because uh, it's only like four or five away games and it's notable that they they picked all away games that would probably have strong crowds yeah that's definitely a selling point i'm sure yeah i'm just quickly i don't know why i care this much about it but i saw miami was up on birmingham oh and they're oh that's a 3-1 final miami the miami over birmingham 3-1 probably not probably not bad for uh for local interest 
Next Tuesday, seven thirty. Not a lot of look yet. Yep, I've I've not looked yet. I'm just I said assuming because I know mm. Birmingham's been good and Miami's been not as good. Next Tuesday, seven thirty. The Hounds at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, to take on the New England Revolution in a round of thirty-two matchup for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. The Revs are good. They are first in the East, I've been told, in MLS. Um, the Hounds are also pretty good, but uh, probably not as good as that. Um, MLS has played 10 games. They're, you're allowed to look at the same. I'm not even, I'm, I'm because I, I can look in. Uh, you know, I have no real dog in that fight. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Um, Revs I, are good. They are good. Uh, Bruce Arena is kind of a, he's kind of a dick. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm taking this. How much rotation do you think Bob does uh, in this game? Keeping in mind what I'm he's gonna, done against the, the crew and what he's done against Cincinnati. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking half. I'm thinking we're going to have five of your usual starters there. I'm thinking five guys who are going to come off the bench typically. And then the bench will be mostly loaded with players who would start otherwise trying to finish the job freshly at the in the final 20, 25 minutes. I'm thinking about half rotation, half rest. But all all ten or eleven players or, or fourteen players, whatever you would suspect, are gonna be in the eighteen. You think do you think Jamali gets the night off? Ooh, oh man, Jamali. Yeah. You know what? Uh, man, I hate to say this, but it might depend on how he does on Friday. Fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to look at at what the Revs threw out against Hartford two weeks ago, and it, it was it it's pretty heavily rotated. Yeah, I'm sure. Like they're they're probably going for you know MLS and first seed and stuff. I can't imagine they're bringing their A game unless if it gets the first hour and we're still hanging around and we're winning. Yeah, well, that's always the, the that's the rub is they got all those guys sit on the bench to, you know, come save the day if need be. Kind of what happened in in Cincinnati and went to the extra thirty minutes, and then what each team was bringing off the bench was of noticeably different quality. Right. Well, actually, I, well, Cincy, I, I kind of disagree with because I think they because we also brought in some of our quality off the bench it was it was it was noticeable but it was a little mitigated no I'm no I'm, but Columbus, no i'm still i'm still saying if both teams have have rotation um if there's if there's a spot where an mls team is going to outshine the usl team it's even it's when both teams bring in their their top end guys cuz the difference it's, it's going to be toward yeah it's going to be towards the end of the game when I would say because we're going to be exhausted. Yeah. Um, looking at New England, they are playing Saturday. They're playing Saturday, so they have that's one less day of of rest for them. They're playing Saturday. They're playing Saturday, Saturday with the Tuesday game in between. 
Hounds are, are Friday, Saturday with the Tuesday game in between, so an extra day of rest, but there is also the travel. Uh, I, hey, we'll find. Let, we'll watch it. We'll see. Uh, we'll just watch it and see how it goes. It just there's, fucking sucks. It's not here, man. It does. God suck. damn it. <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be two uh, two Hounds fans there at least. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, they made themselves known. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember EJ, my buddy? No. Yeah. You, you if you saw him, you saw him. You've seen him at tailgate. Kind of a little bit taller, skinny, uh, redhead kid. Um, he moved up to Boston in January, so him and his uh, his girlfriend will be there. So they will have, the black and gold. They'll have to carry the torch uh, for all of us, most likely, because I have not heard of anyone else going up there. I'm I'm sure they'll be noticeable because I imagine it'll be like 400 people there in that giant ass. I was I was waiting for for. The revs to try to host us somewhere else besides Gillette. I was a little surprised when they were sticking with that place. Yeah, I think they've hosted it at like Harvard or something prior or something. I'm, I'm I guess, I don't know. Like the, uh, the rebels are playing their game at uh, at uh, RB two. Yeah, yeah. I think Seattle used um, Starfire. Well, they always use Starfire. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was a little surprised when they said they were using Gillette. So that will be uh, Tuesday, seven thirty. It, if you're looking for the stream, it was announced today that it will be on the the very glorious U.S. Soccer YouTube page. So I'm sure if you just That's go, where it was back in the day. Yeah, I was making the joke. All we need now is is the guy half watching the game while holding up his cell phone in portrait mode on Periscope or something like that. Uh, intermittent, intermittent comments from behind the camera. Yeah, that may or may not be about the game, and also might contain your wayward expletive. <laughs> Almost certainly, because the guy's more worried about drinking his beer than recording the game. Uh, Hounds, not the only USL side alive in this round of thirty-two. There's a, there's a couple left. Not a ton of cup sets in the last round, but there's a, a few USL teams uh, alive and kicking in this round. Uh, any of those? Teams speaking to you in terms of uh, a fair chance to see the the round of sixteen. Um, the team we're about to play, Monterey Bay, definitely one of the few teams who have advanced via cup set and not because they played a lower division side, and they get to host reigning champs LAFC. Um, that'll be a fun one. I hope that place is jam packed. That's the same Tuesday night we play. They play at the same time as Sacramento who is hosting the Colorado Rapids. And truthfully, Sacramento might be favored in that game. I, I'm really sure that Sacramento is going to beat Colorado, quite frankly. That'd be funny if they were, if they were actually favored. I might keep talking. I'm actually going to look up if there's a line on that. How about um, the next day, Loudon gets their first MLS team. Now that they get to play in the Open Cup, they host Columbus. The crew. Do you, do you think do you think the scene in Loudon on that day is going to be like noteworthy? It might not be five thousand people there, but do you think it's going to be more than a typically sleepy Saturday night they host the Hounds now that big bad MLS is coming to town? Oh, I think I think everyone loves that little chasing chasing some glory type things. Uh, I, what twenty eight hundred. 
The problem is they they announce their attendance is like people through the gate. Who Loudon? Yeah. That's. I mean, they'd probably take that considering it used to be a few hundred at best. Yeah, but the, I mean, they've been announcing like three thousand, and it's clearly not three thousand people there, but they're probably counting tickets distributed. Yeah, I mean, so do we. No, I think I think, think the, we, I think the hounds do do people people through the gate. You think five thousand people went through the door at our last home game, the yeah. last USL home game? Yeah, I think so. I don't you don't? Uh, I, I thought I thought the grandstands were a little thin to count a sellout. Our stand looked full as hell. I was very impressed, but I, I'm not sure if it would have been like fifty one hundred people's worth. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think the All issue. Right, I, I think, I've rambled. I no, I think. I mean, let's go down this path for a couple more seconds. I think when you get to the to our grandstand, what is considered a ticket based on when everyone's seating, you you end up packing more people in there when everyone's standing. So when yes. that when that looks full, it's actually more than what the capacity is. That's that's a fair point. But again, I have no actual proof that. They they are counting uh, people through the gate, not tickets sold or tickets distributed. But my guess, just on when I see the number published versus what my eyes tell me, they it always seems comparable. So uh, there is one USLV USL uh, fixture this round, so there's going to be at least one uh, USL team in the round of sixteen, and that is uh, talked about both these teams. One team just lost tonight, Birmingham. Uh, versus Memphis, and it's going to be at Birmingham. So, at least got that going I forget, what, I forget what they call that game. Southern two, Southern Harm? Southern Harm, that sounds right. I, is, I don't, is that supposed to be like, like a play on like Southern Charm? I was actually, that's, I, I, that might be true. I was thinking it's a reference to college football that I didn't get. But I like that too. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. That's my first, but that was just a guess. So I think those two fan bases are kind of getting up for that game, despite rather hosting slash playing an MLS team. No, they they like hating on each other. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's played out like say Seattle and Portland in the Open Cup every year, where they just have to face each other and. Two fan bases that hate each other actually don't care anymore. It's because yeah, the, they play each other too much. Um, no, those two teams seem to get up for it. Um, I'm not to make this about us because why not? Yes. Where do we think Birmingham is stacking up in their their angst between uh, Memphis and now the Hounds? Oh. I... I, I can't imagine they are annoyed at anybody else besides us. We got to be second in their totem pole of, of of hatred, right? I would think. I mean, maybe creeping number one because they've been dispatching Memphis pretty easily lately, and we've just been uh, just been stealing their dreams in the playoffs. We we are um, we're the hope crusher, dream crusher. Yeah. Now we got we got to be second in their minds and and well well earned I would say. Oh, it's fun. It is. I yeah. 
Nah, it's it's it is fun um, kicking them in the teeth a little bit. It, it, it felt why. good. It, it felt good in week one to uh, to, to squeak by with a tie there. Even just thumbing out that 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 fuck you Gumby after that game felt really really good. <laughs> that poor Gumby. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, uh, it's now May, which means it is the same month as Hounds going to Loudon on that uh, Memorial Day weekend. Why is it the date the twenty fifth is sticking out to me? Is the date in question? No, uh, it is the twenty fifth. Is that Thursday? So Sunday the twenty eighth. The twenty eighth. The Hounds at Loudon. Uh, start making your plans. No bus, but uh, the idea is everyone's going to be carpooling their ass out to Leesburg, Virginia, and uh, watch the Hounds pick up three points against uh, against Loudon. So I'm doing the trip. Uh, I'm assuming you're going, but I didn't. I haven't actually asked you. I am going. Just a matter of if my ride wants to spend the night. That's the question I'm at. I I I'm leaning towards spending the night. Um, gotta figure out uh, roommate situation if that's the case. Uh, but yeah, you should go. We're going. Again, it's a Sunday, but it's a it's a holiday weekend. So as long as you don't have uh, actual go out of town plans for for uh, the three day weekend, your ass should be going to Leesburg. We'll do a, a nice group photo in the parking lot like we did last year. It was nice. Uh, so start making those plans, damn it. Yak, anything you want to add on that? Um, away trips are an excellent time for us all. It's the first even conceivable drivable away trip for at least two and a half months, if not, I mean, a lot longer than that. We take over the, We take over a section. There's not a lot of Loudon people there. Tend to have a good time in Leesburg, Virginia, even though there's like three notable spots to go there, and one of them is just a Buffalo Wild Wings. Go to Loudon. Yeah, go to Loudon. Damn it. Um, and maybe, uh, maybe our, our boy Tim Lawson uh, from Bethio Sale, he'll, he might be there. We'll see. <sighs> Yak, it's been an hour. Uh, we talked about some things. We got happy about Danny Griffin. Uh, we got a little less happy about uh, the Hounds away prospects, but it is what it is sometimes. Uh, anything you learned tonight? Um, I learned that Chevy Walsh is playing in Jamaica. I've seen Jamaica now. He definitely was not there before, but good on him. I'm glad he's still playing. I was a big fan of Chevy. Bob wasn't, but I was. I, I had a lot of hopes for him when he, when he was first signed, you know, uh, USL League Two MVP. That that's that sounds cool. Br- Brant talked him up like no one's business. He was so proud of that signing. Like we're making moves. We're signing people to three year contracts because we're committed. And now we got Oops. now we got Danny Griffin on a three year deal. Woo! Yeah. I don't know. Anything else you want to tell the people before we uh, get the hell out of here? Um, shout out to the people who knew that Danny Griffin was coming or had an inkling that he was coming because he showed up at the Open Cup game in a concession stand line last week. I see. I didn't think that was a, a, a thing. Just I just took it, you know, next pro teams aren't in the Open Cup and 
they mostly just play on Sunday, so he has you know a, a day or two free to come back up here see his see his lady friend and and see his buddies uh, playing the Open Cup. I didn't think much of it, but maybe I was just I'm I'm gullible in that sense. I don't know. I don't know. Go, going from Huntsville to Pittsburgh is kind of a hike. It's a bit of a commitment. Additionally, uh, you know, lower division soccer players were not made of money. So you got to be very selective if you were just making a trip up to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's fair enough. I, maybe I should, it's on me. I should have figured it out. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. It, uh, it's a Friday night game at ten o'clock, and I I wish I could get more uh, get more pumped to go party for it, but not to be the case. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com/spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majerak. Email the show at pghstoarmy at gmail.com. Put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Uh, on behalf of Yak, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon. <laughs>